Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics. I'm joined by the breakout star of Amazon <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace documentary, When Eagles Dare. You're an idiot. So, uh, <laughs> You're <such> an idiot. <laughs> you know, thank you for for gracing us with your presence, Obi. Um, your agent, you know, is is now demanding an appearance fee. Um, so yeah, we'll have to sort out that on the back end. But yeah, how are you doing? How's fame? Oh, mate, paparazzi won't stop following me around, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, tough, it's tough being well-known, you know? <laughs> so, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Still still low-key. I'm not, you know, no one yeah, knows who I am. So it's okay. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, for, for those of you who uh, don't quite get what I'm saying, um, there's a documentary on Amazon Prime. Um, about the Crystal Palace football team from 2012 when they went into like administration and because we grew up near there um, some of us would frequently go to the games and there's a clip of Obi and our friend Ant um, in the stands head in hands although you, you, you are now an Arsenal supporter or, 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 or I've, always, I've always been one so that that, yeah. that, that clip is uh, it's false information it's fake, it's fake news yeah it's figure like you know how do they use that image of you? Surely you, you're entitled to the proceeds of that. I don't know. Yeah, give me my dues, mate. Before GDPR and all that. So I don't know yeah. how they get away with it. But yeah. Will you be up for a sequel? Uh, mate, if they have me back, you know what I mean? I'll be happy to make an appearance, you know? For, for a tidy sum, you know? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, congratulations on your five seconds of fame. While, while we're talking about it, is, uh, is that uh, series any good? Yeah, I mean, I'm I've watched three episodes out of five, and it's just yeah, fascinating. I watched the Sunderland one that was on Netflix as well, just mm-hmm. to see how like the behind the scenes stuff works. And obviously, Palace is a club close to where we grew up. Um, most of our friends are Palace fans and season ticket holders, so yeah, it's nice to see. You know, they talk to the chairman and ex managers and players, and there's shots of kind of Beckenham. Um, Kent County Cricket Ground and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah you're like oh I know that place so yeah it's it's good I enjoyed it um, I'll carry on watching nice. it's, also, it's also weird watching it the fact that it happened almost 10 years ago so like mm. the Tottenham one was like this current season or the previous one um, I don't know I quite like to see that as well yeah I'm kind of not that interested in it um, obviously it was a thing that happened and I feel like we like knew a lot about at the time um if it was like a crystal palace all for nothing or whatever they they call them where they follow actually follow them i'd probably be a bit more interested but i don't really care that much about about them almost going out of business to be honest but you know <laughs> no that's fair enough i i enjoyed it if you got well each episode's almost an hour so you okay. have to dedicate some time to it mm. um but yeah i mean um i know that i'm gonna meander a bit but Talking of shows on Amazon Prime, um, we've watched. I've watched a couple of Solos, um, which is an anthology streaming service. Uh, sorry, series. Um, filmed clearly during lockdown. Each episode is just one person, uh, you know, monologuing essentially or playing off different versions of themselves mm. in sort of like a dystopian, like there's black mirror vibes in a way um 
but I've seen the first two. So Leah, which has got uh, Anne Hathaway, and Tom, which has got um, Anthony Mackie in, but others have got like uh, Morgan Freeman and stuff. But yeah, I mean, which which ones have you seen? Uh, I've also seen the first two. Okay. Um, and which did you prefer? Um, or I think did I you not like either of them? I think they're, they're both fine. Um, I think I preferred uh, Anne Hathaway's one. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, only because I felt like um, the like reveal at the end of it where she was kind of like where you kind of find out why she's trying to get to the future I think that was quite interesting quite unexpected mm-hmm. um, compared to uh, uh, the one with Anthony Mackie where it's kind of like it's it's very like like I don't want to say linear but like I can just you can tell where it's going from the start kind of thing mm-hmm. and like it's cool but there's no like there's no like shock factor i guess or anything like that about it it was kind of just like a a well acted like monologue basically but it didn't like um at least the the first one i was a bit like oh okay that's a like an interesting like take that not a lot of people would probably admit um yeah if if it was like a real life thing not a lot of people would admit that so i quite like that aspect of it about it but obviously the second one which was still fine but it yeah it it wasn't didn't give me that little duck there was no point where i was watching it off for oh okay this is really actually really interesting so yeah. i get what you mean so anne hathaway plays leah who in i think it's that near future like i think 2024. it's 2024 i think it is yeah and she's a kind of astrophysicist she's trying to figure out time travel um and the way it kind of manifests is on screen so she manages to make contact with uh who she thinks is her past past self and and she's like, oh, I didn't go into the future, I went into the past. And then, yeah, they, they discuss kind of why Leah is trying so hard to do this. Um, and then, yeah, like Obi alludes to, there's a couple of twists, um, which is interesting. I think, and Anthony Mackie, he plays Tom, who, you know, he's he's dying. And so he pays to get essentially a clone of himself. And then they just have like a, I guess, um, philosophical kind of just existential discussion about like oh what does your wife what's she like what do I need to know I might look and sound exactly like you but I'm not gonna be precisely you so there's you know elements of you know using science um, mm. and technology to benefit you or you know in like kind of not dark ways but um, sad ways and that's that's where I got the Black Mirror vibes I think yeah. you're you're right. The like Leah's episode felt a, a bit more like an actual thriller narrative in a way, whereas Tom was very much, you know, just a conversation. They don't get mm. on at first, and then he realizes that oh, actually, you're gonna be a great me. <laughs> yeah, with this with Tom's one, I feel like I think because you even alluded to it a minute ago, I feel like they could have like maybe obviously it's hard because obviously it's, I I just gathered that the whole thing is supposed to be to be like that one actor acting by themselves kind of thing which fair enough but like it would have been nice if they could have like delved into the philosophical aspect of it like is it okay that i'm going to replace myself with a clone because even though it looks like me sounds like me it's not me like i feel like maybe they could have like delved into that further like what makes is the is the clone now a person because technically 
I suppose they guess they're a living being, like they can touch and feel and smell and whatever. So does that make them a human being now? I feel like maybe they could have like gone into that maybe a bit more. Obviously, it's hard to do when the episodes are only 25 minutes long. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think it was, that one felt to me felt a bit tame. I was a bit like, mm. oh, yeah, I get it. Like we're in this, they've set up this world where you can get clones to do whatever for you, but they didn't really like talk about any like the the ideology behind it or any like possible um what's the word possible like negative consequences to it or anything like that so yeah yeah i mean obviously there's the constraints of covid and yeah the social distancing so i appreciate what they were trying to do Mm. um but i don't know i mean i might dabble with some of the others but it didn't because they were anthology i'm not like Oh, I have to watch the next one. Yeah, me too. So, but yeah, I thought I'd try and segue into that whilst we're talking about Amazon Prime. But um, yeah, a bit of film news. So Chris, who's not with us at the moment, but um, he's posted uh, from Instagram, I think it was, that there's talks about Universal combining the Fast and Furious and the the Jurassic World franchise. That is so funny. Now, I don't know how credible that is. Are they both Universal? Yeah, they must be. Okay, sorry, Karen. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know how credible that source is. Let's just see where he got it from. Uh, Nosocialtime.com. Well, I don't know how credible they are, how ITK they are, but either way, either way, (laughs) Like, <laughs> to be fair, it, it can't get much more ridiculous, can this they? Is, this is the thing. So you have to think, like, at the level that they're at now, they can only, there's only a few more things to, to, like, that they can do. Like, they can go to space, which it looks like they might be doing in this film. They can meet, like, aliens. <laughs> and, like, if, they're gonna, if they do meet aliens, then they're, fuck it, they might as well meet the fucking dinosaurs as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think that'd be bare funny to see, like, within Dom Toretto in a whatever in whatever the fuck he's driving chasing a flipping pterodactyl or something like that <laughs> i just think that would be so funny i'm like bring it on mate because the universe is already ridiculous like we've yeah. gotten to the point now where it's past the point of realism like there's they no... are just taking the piss aren't they literally they literally are like there's flying cars and stuff like i'm pretty sure one in the trailers one of them i'm pretty sure um dom grabs a car with his fuck with his bare with his hands so like <laughs> i mean at this point now, you can they can just do whatever the hell they like. I don't care. I think they're just them. This is definition of luck. Uh, Vibes. Yeah. Just fucking go <laughs> cinema, turn your brain off, and just watch them blow stuff up for two hours and a bit. I mean, they not? even they even make reference to it. I think it's um, Tyrese Gibson's character in the trailer. He's like, um, oh yeah, well we've already you know destroyed a torpedo and all this and that, and yeah. you think it like oh you even know it and you're just yeah they're just one-upping themselves i respect it because they've they've just done a whole 180 from the kind of drifting scene that they started off as so you know would i watch it a jurassic world crossover thing absolutely would it be ridiculous yes most definitely absolutely yeah but imagine like the velociraptors are protecting each other and dom's like it's because they're family <laughs> oh, I understand family. <laughs> like, sounds, that sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so what other trailers did you see before, like when you've been to the cinema recently? Any new ones that you're like, oh, that looks interesting? Or... Oh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't seen anything new. I think I, I think 
I don't think I've seen anything new, you know. I think since last week, I've just seen pretty much the same ones I saw, I talked about um, last week. I saw the trailer for, for June again. June? June? I don't know how to pronounce it. But okay. I feel like that film's going to be going to be going to be good I, feel, I don't know i got a feeling that film's going to be like really good um i feel like i just get get, get the good get a good vibe from it um so i'm quite looking forward to seeing that i think that's not coming out till december though um but yeah other than that i haven't seen anything anything new i don't think what about you uh, yeah i've seen i mean i've watched quite a few horror films recently so mm. there's different trailers so like there's one called freaky which has got vince vaughn and it's basically like i've seen that trailer yeah freaky friday but they murder each, want to murder each other. Yeah, it's very, it's a very um happy death day vibe. Yeah, it's the same director. Oh, okay, there you go. It looks, yeah. it, you look at you like it might be a bit funny. It's going to be quite shit, but um, yeah, and then what else? I mean, there's so many trailers that I, can't I also watch. actually tell her I saw a trailer for um the one with Bob Bob Odenkirk. Nobody. Nobody. Have yeah. That? Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's like John Wicky, isn't it? Literally John Wick. Yeah, and I think that looks pretty. That looks like it'll be fun. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, like a John Wick kind of vibe to it. Seeing the Black Widow trailer on the big screen as well—that was that was good. Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm actually barely looking forward to that film. Like, I know it's probably because I'm starved for Marvel content at the minute because we've <laughs> gone like like three weeks without uh, any Disney Plus stuff. But yeah, I'm proper looking forward to it. I can't wait. Yeah, that will be that will be good. Um, but then we've also got Loki coming out on Wednesday, so we're hopefully going to do a. Get like, like a reaction yeah. uh, podcast to that and do it weekly like we did with the others. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully. Um, just while you're talking about that, um, just wanted to get. So I think a few people have watched Loki already, or at least to watch a few episodes of it. Um, so I just wanted to get two people's that I've seen their reactions uh, of it. Um, so one of them is Nicole Ackman, who is a theatre and film critic. So she says. Uh, Loki has the strongest first episode of any Disney Plus Marvel shows thus far. It's I mean, funny. That's one well, out of three, but hey ho. Yeah, well, go on. This, this is it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny. It's emotional. It keeps you guessing while also giving you enough to keep you engaged. Tom Hiddleston is fantastic, and his chemistry with Owen Wilson is phenomenal. Um, and I think you could gather that. The thing about chemistry, you gather that from the trailer. I feel like mm. you can tell those two are going to be like, going to be like the key to the series being good kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was uh, John Campier, um, who used to work for Collider, doesn't it anymore. But um, so he says the Loki show is outstanding. Marvel continues to change things up. This is unlike anything they've done before. A focus on the god of mischief that gives us our best look at his character, his fears, his insecurities, and his glorious purpose. Oh, and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson rocks. Okay. So that, that gives me that gives me good promise. I think this this is the. Uh, when Disney did their um, what was it called again? The thing they did in December, uh, the like expo thing. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. When they did that, I think the trailer for Loki was the one that I was the most excited about out of all of them. I don't know, I couldn't put put a finger on why, but um, but yeah, it fills me with hope that people are uh, talking about it like with uh, with optimism and saying that it's like yeah, it's good because I have for high, I have very high hopes this show yeah me too and then you forget that it's only two episodes uh, sorry six episodes so do you know how long they're gonna be, how long the episodes are i imagine they'll be close to an hour similar to like um falcon and winter soldier okay i hope anyway i don't want them to be like 30 minutes yeah that'd be waste um i think they're trying to do like six hours of content whether it's you know 
nine episodes of shorter lengths or six episodes of roughly an hour mm. um, but yeah i mean i think yeah they've got quite a lot of scope with what they can do because it's just i guess with wanda they wanted to get her to a place by the end of it where she could lead into doctor strange 2 falcon winter soldier sort of like what are they doing loki was sort of like well he was dead then he disappeared mm. so the the slate is i mean i don't have any sort of um expectation of where he'll end up like i don't particularly not too bothered if he comes back into the main kind of film franchise um you know he's not gonna well i don't expect him to end up being a guardian of the galaxy or anything like that so you know they can just do whatever they want (laughs) yeah i agree i think it 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 annoys me a little bit um that he's probably that loki's like it's annoying because I do want the show, but it's annoying that Loki is still in the MCU because I thought his the way he died in Infinity War was really good, and I would have taken that as like his exit from the from the universe. Mm. So I feel like him having a show and still being alive does cheapen that a little bit, which is a shame. But I mean, who doesn't love Loki and Tom Hiddleston? So if they keep if they keep up what they've been building up towards this past. 13 years or however long it's been then can't really make any complaints to be fair um and i would just hope that i think they've done i think marvel have done well to kind of like so far anyway to make these shows feel different to each other mm-hmm. um so i would hope that and think that they're going to do the same with this because i think one of the things i normally criticize disney for or mcu for is that their in terms of tone their films feel kind do feel kind of similar sometimes um yeah. so it'd be nice if the shows do continue with this uh this like progression of having different like genres within the same universe kind of thing i think that'd be good agreed and i also think like because of you know we're going to be introduced to the time variant authority i think they're called yeah um and so that gives scope for like you know i think in the trailer he's in he pops in different kind of time frames and realities so again like they can keep it fresh it's not necessarily I guess like the Umbrella Academy, where they're in one time zone, time period, and mm. they're trying to get out. It's like he can just zip here, there, and everywhere. And mm. yeah, I'm. I think there's a, a part in the trailer where he gets taken up by the Bifrost. So I'm thinking, are we going to see um, Idris Elba? Oh yeah. Um, what was it? Heimdall. That's it. Heimdall. Yeah. But yeah, so very interesting, and uh, I'd like to hope that it has some connection to the future of the MCU, but if it stays relatively separate, I also wouldn't be too mad at it. Mm. I just know we're going to get to the end of the episode and be like, oh, we've got six days. Or... Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, literally, that's going to be me. I'll, I'll, have, bit... watch... I'll have watched oh, it at like 9am and then you'll like, <laughs> I'll be going, Obi, watch it, watch it. You're like, oh, I've got work till half five, mate. Like, oh. Well, to be fair, um, this week I will probably, I'll probably watch it at lunchtime so we can do the thing straight after, after work. Okay. So yeah, it's fun. Um, but I was, what was I gonna say? I'm a bit. I don't know how I feel about it coming out on a Wednesday. Yeah, I quite like it be coming on. I quite like that she's coming on Friday because it kind of gives me like something to look forward to on a Friday. And I don't know. I just don't feel the same way about Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's weird or what. Oh, I, I get that. It's something about like, oh, this is a good show, and it's now the end of the working week. I can just watch it and wind down, and you know. But then, yeah, you'd have watched Loki. And it's like, oh, I've still got two days of work. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit weird, but oh well. Are you su- are you surprised we haven't had a 
No Way Home trailer. Well, I keep hearing the this thing. I can stop listening to the flipping internet because I keep hearing rumors that <laughs> we're gonna get a trailer. Like, oh, trailer this week, trailer this week, trailer this week, and still fuck all. Oh, my, se- my second cousin's niece works in uh <laughs> in the in the picture house in Brazil, and they've got the trailer, and they said it's amazing. And you're seeing like like Portuguese, like no our way home, and you're like no. <laughs> it's the things are like I need to stop just like I'm surprised I was surprised well we we've just gotten Shang-Chi and uh, uh, Eternals ones haven't we and Eternals comes out in November right yeah so I imagine sometime this month we're going to get a uh, Far From Home trailer or at least like a confirmation of whether or not uh, it's actually going to be like a multiverse type situation Um, do you think they'll make that apparent in the trailer I reckon I reckon it will be a thing where like the trailer will happen and it's going to be like normal inverted commas and then like maybe like the last the last scene of the trailer will be like you'll see Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire or someone like that I think I reckon I will lose my shit yeah same <laughs> <laughs> lose my top mate the thing um, is it's like they probably be quite difficult for them to do a trailer and not if it the storyline does involve multiverse to do yeah. a trailer that doesn't hint to it because if yeah. you've got Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx who I think are confirmed to return for this film if you're not showing them like what are you just gonna have like maybe him you know after that revelation at the end of no, um, Far From Home where it's like Peter Parker is Spider-Man and you could have that but yeah it'd be a pretty difficult to, to not include most of what's gonna happen in the yeah the film exactly yeah so we talked about the eternals trailer didn't we with chris uh i'm pretty sure we did yeah yeah did we no wait i don't think we did you know or did we i can't remember i just can't remember sorry but i mean let's refresh our memories like what what did you think of it does it give you hope yeah well i've heard uh from on like two from two separate like accounts like big accounts that obviously they've heard people have told them that Eternals is one of the best MCU films they've ever seen they've seen which I think is I think is very high praise considering how highly I rate some of these films um when I watched the trailer I was kind of like this feels like it's going to be different to any other film we've saw just even in terms of the way it's shot um I think when you've got uh, someone like uh, Chloe Zhao, who I think film her the style her films are styled a certain way. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that if you like compare it to like Nomadland, for example, which is the only film of hers that I've seen, so I can't really talk about her style that much. Um, if you put that into like an MCU form, I think that'd be a really interesting style to mix with a comic book film. Um, so I'm pretty curious to see what's gonna happen in that regard. Um, the trade doesn't give away much. Um, so I like that aspect of it because obviously we always talk about all the time about how much trying to spoil stuff for us and blah 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 blah. Um, not sure how much there would even be to spoil uh, for characters like this we've never seen before. So it's probably another factor of it. But yeah, no, it, it looks interesting. But my my the, my the main thing I got out of it, I was thinking like, so these are presumably been around for time. So why haven't they? helped when the world's been on its fucking knees <laughs> yeah literally i think they say don't they like we've been waiting in the shadows yeah or and you're like okay so thanos work it, um, wiping out 
half of the world's living things um, was not enough for you. Um, yeah, even well, even stuff like like flipping, I mean, like World War Two, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like stuff yeah. like that, slave trade. Like where the hell were you lot? Like yeah, I, no. I think there was a line in the in the trailer specifically where they kind of set alluded to to it like them staying back so i'm hoping in the film they do have like a, a legit reason for them to be like this is why we don't intervene with xyz but then also you have to do that and then you also have to while saying that you have to justify why you are p- presumably now interfering with something in yeah. this in this film yeah so, so the yeah. thing they now getting involved with has to be worse than world yeah. wars slavery Thanos. And you're thinking, damn, how do you justify that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, it, one thing that I think I slightly worry about is that the cast looks very big. Um, mm. So I feel like maybe a few people will fall by the wayside a little bit. And obviously when you've got people like um, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, uh, Richard Madden, I feel like they're guaranteed to most likely take centre stage. So you're going to get up, all the other character of the Eternals like probably I reckon I'll come out of the film feeling like not everyone got enough shine unless the film's going to be super long which I doubt it will be yeah I think you're right um and again like I don't know Chloe Zhao's back catalogue too much but Nomadland didn't exactly feature an ensemble cast so mm. you think how is how are they going to handle that um I think I've heard reports that Gemma Chan is going to be the main character. All right. So then, presumably, you think, okay, well, you've got Kamal Nanjani, Angelina Jolie, Jon Snow. No, what's his name? Um, what is his name? What is his name? Kit Harrington. That's the one. No, he's always Jon Snow. Uh, <laughs> and then Rob Stark as well. So yeah, um, how how she'll balance that, I don't know. Isn't isn't um sorry, just to interrupt you. Isn't Gemma Chan in uh Captain Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> So presumably she's playing a different character. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. She was green in Captain Marvel. Ah, fair enough. Ah, that's right then. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I am looking forward to that. Uh, Because it was Tom Holland's birthday a couple of days ago. And people are like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a trailer. Because they they put the Shang-Chi trailer out on that actor's birthday. And Mm. I was like, oh, maybe. And then it came and went. And you're like, "Mm, okay. Yeah. They'll do it when we least expect it. I know. I don't know what I find more addictive, like the football transfer Twitter or like film rumor Twitter. Mm, yeah, I hear you. It's very you get, like you got all yeah, these accounts yeah. like, oh yeah, I've just just heard that Pochettino's guaranteed to be Spurs manager. And you're like, no, how do you know that, mate? How do you know that? <laughs> it's like five pm today, it'll be confirmed, and then it's Literally. like half five, and they're like, oh, and things you you always got people in the comments like, oh, how reliable is this person? <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. But it's the same with the film. It's like, oh, my my best friend took a photo. He was an extra and it showed, you know, um, Tom Hardy and Tom Holland fighting in costume. And you're like, no way, is that true? And mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, if there is a real Spider-Verse thing, they have to copy that meme of the Spider-Men like, pointing at each other. Oh, that'd be so bloody funny. <laughs> Can you imagine so, and the thing is, I feel like that's the sort of thing. That's sort of thing I can imagine Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland doing. Mm. Like, I feel like that would be very like. Uh, I think that would be very like um, similar to like their like characters. 
kind of thing in it as Spider-Man in the in their films. Maybe not as much Tobey Maguire, but I think if you could get them to recreate that, I think that'd be hit. Because I think they kind of did it in uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, didn't they? As yeah, like they had a, the clip at the end. Yeah, which I think which I found was I thought was bare funny. Mm. So yeah, if they could do something similar here, I think. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> did have you seen the uh, picture of bloody Chris Hemsworth? And his uh, arms are the size of a melon. Oh my god! Yeah. So no more fat Thor then. Yeah, bloody hell! He looks absolutely. This it's got to be the biggest he's ever been. He looks absolutely massive. Yeah, but have you seen what Kamal Nanjani looks like now? Yeah, he looks. He's ripped as well. Like what? What? The, what regiment have, have have Marvel got these people doing? Like. <laughs> yeah, they must be doing like SAS. Who dares wins like every Mate, day. Get me on it. I need to get cast in a Marvel film because. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> it's get, they get they get their people to work out, man. Lift it up. Oh God, can you imagine? Just they're like, hmm, you're a bit too skinny. You're a bit too, you know, carrying a bit too much timber to, for this. You're, and I'm like, nope, I'll do anything. Get me Vin Diesel and um, The Rock to train me or something. <laughs> yeah, oh. said Thor: Love and Thunder was wrapped filming apparently. Yeah, and that's coming out next year, presumably. Yeah, I think so. Okay. But yeah, I think I think the set photo sort of looked. I think that someone pointed out like some of the air vents were the same as on the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ship. But oh, right. we already sort of knew that from uh, the end of Endgame anyway, because he joins up with him, doesn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. There was another thing. Sorry to interrupt you. There was another thing. Um, someone was cast as a Craven. The Hunter. Um, I can't remember who the bloody hell it is. I'm so, sorry. I'm waffling here. But as I'm scrolling through stuff, I just found another one. So they said, um, uh, Denai Guerrero will reportedly return as a Koya in the Origin series on Disney+. Plus. Um, is that different to the Wakanda one? This is it. I actually don't know. It doesn't say if it's the same if it's the same project or if it's something different. It doesn't say. But I'm trying to think, whose origin story could that be? Um... Did it not be her own origin story? Um, yeah, it may be, to be fair. Or like how the Dora Milaje came to be. Mm. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, like a proper female kind of warrior-focused series. That would be... Yeah. Sp- particularly if they, you know, like they popped up in Falcon Winter Soldier, if they sort of do that and it's like, oh, we've got these missions to go on, we have to mm. capture this person or that person. I'd be interested in that. I would also like to see a wider Wakanda series, though, about like the different tribes and their kind of lore or whatever. Um, yeah, because, yeah, I'd, I'd be up for that. Um, just reading, Aaron Taylor-Johnson has been That's cast. it. Although yeah. he's also Quicksilver, so. Yeah, that's a bit stupid, but well. <laughs> Maybe they felt bad. Maybe, Maybe. they were like, oh, we, we cast Evan Peters as Quicksilver, <laughs> so how about you be Craven the Hunter? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Although, remind me who Jonathan Majors was cast as? That wasn't. Um, Kang the Conqueror, the Conqueror. all these people with the, their long ass names yeah. um, whilst we're on the subject of Disney uh, the, the big release in the cinema at the moment um, Cruella which is the origin story that I don't know if we needed but <laughs> we've, we've got it um, so Emma Stone plays the, the eponymous Cruella uh, taking over the mantle from Glenn Close, who 
iconically played it in 101 and 102 Dalmatians back in the gotta be late 90s isn't it um so this is like you see her from birth a uh, little bit as like a rapscallion in, in like year six or whatever uh and then as a adult um in london as part of what was essentially an oliver twist gang um and they sort of do hustles and steal things but she wants to be a designer and she's always loved liberty and the designer the baroness was her idol um her, her mum passes away and uh yeah then she's she learns some things and decides that es- estella who is her first name her alter ego cruella will come out and she starts doing this like disruptive punk rock kind of uh, fashion statements um mm. and yeah it, it, it turns into like a rivalry between her and the baroness you know the apprentice is, wants to succeed the mentor um yeah. yeah uh so it's basically that it's like part kind of heist part fashion sort of devil wears prada type drama um and i don't know i mean i i found it a bit all over the place in terms of tone and mm. genre um i felt like it was like maybe like three separate movies almost mm. um and yeah i mean i enjoyed several aspects of it including emma stone's performance and emma thompson's performance um but i didn't particularly enjoy most of the film what was your like first reaction to it um yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as you i had mixed feelings um i think it's i think it's a decent film it's okay um i think like you said it's not really uh something that we an origin story that we really needed or wanted um i can't think of any person who thought oh yeah i wonder how Corella deville came to be <laughs> but um yeah i think like you say like there are certain points of it like that i'm like oh yeah this actually this is like good i think when you've got uh, Emma Stone and Emma Thompson like bouncing off each other in terms of acting. I think that's when the it shines, the story, the film shines the most. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed both of their characters, um, how they were similar to each other and and obviously not similar to each other. Um, I found a large majority of the film really predictable. Oh, so predictable! I I knew from the second that. Um, basically about five minutes in mm. I was like oh they're gonna go to the the house with the Baroness the Baroness will kill yeah. or uh, cause the mother to die yeah. um, and Emma Stone won't find out uh, and then she will <laughs> and then yeah. she'll want revenge yeah. um, you know that is essentially what happens uh, which is most of you know it, it's a pretty common trope in these Disney kind of fairy tale mm. yeah yeah it's, it's this thing like uh, and i was like it kind of felt like, like part of me expected him to like break out in song in parts and i don't know if it's because <laughs> i was watching it just because i was watching a disney film but like it felt like sometimes they were just queuing up for like a music cue and they were going to start like snapping their fingers and just, like singing and stuff um but yeah i think it's it, it's an okay film um i won't say it's bad um but i wouldn't say i would tell anyone to go and pay money to go and watch it do you know what i mean 
Mm. Um, I think it's yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I suppose I think they kept me interested for the most part of it. I did enjoy the the fashion aspect of it as well, and obviously, like you say, that era um, where it was. Was it is it, what era is it actually? Is it the sixties or seventies? Seventies. Seventies. So yeah, that that like punk rocky kind of era. Um, certain aspects of it kind of like reminded me of um, certain bits of like Atomic Blonde. Um, yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and some of like the characters in it, I think were were cool, interesting. I I didn't love her uh, her accomplices. Uh, especially the guy playing Horace, his English oh. accent is absolutely terrible. It was so annoying. Absolutely, oh, it's horrible. He's in something else. He's in um, Artonia. Um, yeah, it's the same director. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, his his every time he spoke, I was just like, oh god, shut. Up. Um, where's, the, where's the dog sitting? Where's the, like, <laughs> shut up. What's, what's the angle? I was like, you shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Fuck you know. And then, um, but yeah, one thing I just thought was just a bit just not good is that so Cruella Deville in 101 Dimensions is I haven't seen that film in God knows how long, but from what I remember, she's pretty pretty like evil. She's basically uh, the Baroness in this film. Mm. Is is Cruella Deville. And like you see that um, uh, Emma Stone, sorry, uh, Estella is like teetering from being Estella to her alter ego, uh, Cruella, and she kind of like flips onto Cruella um, for a large chunk of the film. But then she gets when what's her face tries to kill her, she kind of reels it back, becomes a little bit of Estella again, and she seems she's she's not gone full tilt evil. Mm. And at the end of the film, she, as far as I can see, is not full tilt evil. She is pretty much Estella with a lip, and but she's going by Cruella, and that sounds fucking stupid. But, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know where you would, how you would come from there to where her her apparent mind state at the end of this film to Hundred One Dimensions, where she's like an evil bitch again, like a just and like un- irredeemable pretty much. Like, I don't know how you get from her, where she is at the end of this film to the start of that film. That, for me, was a bit like, I don't really see the point in this if it, if if at the end of it, it doesn't leave me to think, okay, that's how she became to be this evil bitch. You yeah. know? Yeah. I also like the fact that it all hinged on that necklace and you're like... Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then when, when um, the Baroness says, oh, this is a family heirloom, I was like, oh, okay, well... And see where this might be going then. Mm. And just none of it, like none of it, was like, oh my god, I can't believe that's the reveal. It sort of felt to me like they, they had certain things that they needed to reference because you're like, oh, she lives in that hall in 101 Dalmatians, but she doesn't in this film. Oh, this is how it happens. She gets, yeah. she's the beneficiary of it. Um, or you know, how does she get the term Deville? Oh, it's the car and it's devil but it's devil you know i, I think mm. for me the diff, the problem the middle third of it with all that punk rock disruptive you know every time she was basically upstaging the baroness that was to me the most entertaining part of the film it was like mm. you know good costumes the editing was like fast paced and it was just you know it was fun you know yeah. when she was how is she going to disrupt this next but the middle the, the first um third I mean, they could have cut out all of the child stuff mm. and it probably would have been a better film. Like, 
you know, the, 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 the girl who plays young Cruella is fine, but um, it to me, that bit felt like watching a, a theatre play. Yeah. Like the, the, were, the, the two boys who played uh, Horace Jack, and whoever were, really, were not good actors. Right. <laughs> they were quite bad. Oh, she can be one of us, can't she? Oh, yeah. okay then. Where's your mother? Oh, she's dead. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was very Oliver Twist. It was very, but mm. like on stage. Um, mm. Yeah, and I was like, what was the purpose of this? Like, it was quite boring. Um, you could have done that in a in a, in a flashback or a much shorter time frame. Um, and then then the bit with her being in liberty and that was fine i didn't mind that too much and she starts working the baroness but then the best bit was during that and then all of a sudden they're like okay well now let's change it into a bit of a heist and they're going to steal the necklace and yeah and okay and then i didn't mind that bit i thought it was now you're going to try and plan to kill her and again it was sort of like the idea was all right with like all of the um people dressed as Cruella but again it sort of felt like uh, didn't really have any sense that she was ever not going to succeed yeah and also I thought I thought sorry just to interrupt you I thought the bit where she pushes her over the the cliff at the end and she just is wearing she's wearing a fucking parachute I thought that's so yeah. fucking stupid also that there was some pretty dodgy oh the CGI, CGI. Yeah, it was Which bad. Into the water. I was like, oh, God. Also, when she gets released by the parachute, wouldn't she have just like floated back up as well? Isn't that what parachutes <laughs> do? So people would have just seen her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, mm. It yeah. felt a bit like ham-fisted, like you, you trying to force it too much. I don't know. Mm. Um, I also thought like, yeah, tonally it was a bit weird. I mean, being a 12A is quite like a big thing for like a Disney film um, you know Beauty and the Beast was like a PG and, and I think it for most of the part had a PG tone to it but mm. then you got like the, the scene where she's like burning down the building and that felt like quite out of character for the rest of the film I mean the trailer didn't do it much um, much help because everyone's like oh it's basically like Joker um, yeah. which if they'd done that probably would have been a lot better if they were just you know you start you see a Stella and then because she finds this information out gets fucked over she becomes Cruella and she's like battling between the two in her head you don't really yeah. get too much for that um so yeah I don't know I was just a bit like mm, you made a two hour ten minute film could have been a lot shorter and yeah it's long would have been a lot more interesting um yeah. but I mean Emma Stone was very good yeah, she's a great actress. I, I think she's she's a really, really good actress. So I'll watch most of the stuff that she's in, to be fair. Yeah. So I think I gave it a six. I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 Um, I also uh, saw A Quiet Place on the same day. Uh, Quiet Place Part 2, I should say. Um, I know that you... It's not your sort of film. But um, I did think it was very, very good. Um, obviously, a quiet place uh, is was such a unique idea, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, it's a horror film about in a, like a post-apocalyptic world where there's 
sort of these monster creatures that are blind but hear you like the slightest sound they can hear you track your location and then they will kill you so the first film is like the family john krasinski emily blunt and their two kids one of whom is deaf um you know it's already this world has already happened and so they're just living in it um trying to like make ends meet um emily blunt's character in the first one is pregnant um and gives birth uh during that and obviously you know trying not to scream and and things like that so Mm. the the tension is is literally palpable because there's very little non-diegetic music uh you know anything that isn't created within the world of the the film and um so it's just silent and then you know even like the crunching of a leaf you're sort of like are they going to come and attack um so quiet place part two kind of continued it's the the first 10 minutes is essentially day one so john krasinski's character um well he passes away in the first one but you see because this is day one so they're at a baseball game and then you just see this like meteor come down and then like a couple of minutes later these monsters start running and um yeah then they take shelter and, and that's also really intense but for the different reason because it was so loud um and you're used to these films being very quiet and they, they act as whisper or communicate in sign language um yeah. which again is unique um someone said to me oh it's basically bird box and i was like yes but bird box came out afterwards <laughs> and was <laughs> not as good um but yeah so after it sort of shows you how it started it then cuts to like after the events of the first film so pretty much immediately so the remaining family um have to leave their farm that they're staying on and uh she's got the newborn and it's in a basket with like an oxygen mask on so it doesn't cry or you can't hear the crying and then they come to a another farm and they meet Cillian Murphy's character who they were friends with like way back and he's lost his family and and it's sort of like he's like I'm not helping you you know you're gonna ruin my survival and uh so they were friends of him so they knew him yeah okay um so that's that's sort of established in the first 10 minutes of the day one section um and Emily so the daughter um I can't remember their names to be honest I don't really say their names very much but the, the daughter she finds out in the first film that if she puts her hearing aid against a speaker the static causes the monsters distress and then they're stunned temporarily enough for you to kill them and so she finds a radio station like a radio transmitter on a map and she's basically like right I'm going to go there and try and you know put the my hearing aid amplify it across the country mm. So people can, and then Cillian Murphy's character, I think his name's Emmett, is like, all right, I'll help you. And then, um, yeah, so that's their journey. And then well, they split up. Yeah. So and then Emily Blunt's character and the son and the baby mm. stay back, um, and she has they're running out of oxygen. Um, Why? And they, uh, so they've got a canister, and every time a monster comes, they lock themselves in basically like a silo. Um, and it, you know, um, but they've only got, I think it's like two minutes in there and they, and then they have to open it up again to get air. Um, but so they bring in some oxygen tanks. So like when the monster comes, they can survive a bit longer, but then they essentially run out of oxygen. So she has to go and find some more, bring it back. And then like more kind of 
yeah so then the boy's left there with the baby and he is not patient you know like a kid is in any film is not patient enough to <laughs> to to say there so then that causes some noise um but yeah i won't say too much more than that that's the essential basic plot but okay. i mean i just really loved it they they didn't fall into the trap of okay this worked in the first film so we'll just do it again mm. they expanded on it they added interesting like not too many characters like sometimes films that like okay well this works we'll just add 10 more characters and you know then you detract from who you already kind of got to know but they basically just introduced one mm. uh, Cillian Murphy and he's a great actor um he was in like The Dark Knight and he's in Peaky Blinders and you'll mm. recognize him um, yeah, yeah he's um Scarecrow yes yeah and um he was in 28 Days Later zombie film so yeah um he's brilliant in it as well and there's just like the little little touches of like more world building so the first one was very contained in the farm and then this one is sort of like statewide I guess I think they're in New York state I think but not city and then so yeah then you see like how some of the other people the humans have maybe not kept so civilized Mm. as others um and yeah uh, the the tension in it is is great and there are what i would say are non-cheap jump scares in the sense that you know whereas the conjuring 3 which was in my opinion shit was (laughs) was essentially like someone would look through a hole and then all of the music would stop and you're like well in about 15 seconds there's gonna be a really loud bang and it's going to make you jump because it's just so noisy. And that's mm. to me, it's cheap because the, the noise is not generated from, you know, anything within the film necessarily. It's just an external soundtrack making you jump. Whereas with A Quiet Place, you've got the tension of knowing they can't make a sound. Then they make a very small sound and you're like, OK, a monster is now going to come. And mm. obviously that brings noise. So that to me is fine. Or you'll see like... There's one part where the daughter is reaching for a um, first aid kit on like an abandoned train. She grabs it, but something falls. and But her head is like in a close-up, so you can't really see what's behind her. And she sort of moves her head slightly, and you can see the monster coming towards her. And there's no like accompanying loud noise to tell you that you should be having a certain response. But by, you know, that's the suspense is knowing that the monster is coming towards her she's deaf she can't hear it yeah and there's the there's the tension so that's what i like about those sorts of films and you would probably hate it <laughs> yeah that's the sort that's the sort of film that just like my hands would just start sweating like it's, <laughs> it's long like yeah no it's not for me but it's not it's good though because when you know when there's a you know you know it's not real and sometimes there's happy endings and you think like oh that you, you sort of get a relief afterwards don't you you're like oh i had all mm. that kind of stress and now it's 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 relieved but um yeah i i thought it was great i think a lot of people say it's better than the first one but i Mm. think i think it's on par i wouldn't say it was better purely because the first one was so original and how do you top something that is genuinely an original idea Mm. that's quite difficult to do so yeah i think there's plans for a third one as well which which I would trust John Krasinski to, to deliver. Did he direct this? Yeah, wrote and directed both of them. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Fair so enough. I think I gave it eight and a half. I was debating a nine, but I was like, mm, there were certain things in it that I was like, wasn't, you know, that maybe could have done a bit better. So, um, yeah. I didn't, I think Emily Blunt character didn't really have that much to do in this film. Like, she was mm. the main focus of the first one. And this was more dominated by the daughter, which is fine, but obviously Emily Blunt, I think she was a little bit shortchanged in this. Mm. So that's why I sort of knocked half a point off. Um, but yeah, there's lots of surprise and lots of keeps you keeps you guessing. So I was very up on that. And Fair uh, yeah, The Conjuring Three, just don't bother. Like I've seen some people on Twitter being like, "Oh my god, it's the best best Conjuring film to date." I'm like. No, it's not. There's not. There's genuinely nothing actually scary about that film. It is just quiet and then very loud, mm. and that is just yeah, not good. I don't know if I've reviewed it, but I'm not going to go into too much. I think we, I think you did speak about it briefly last week or okay. week before, whenever we talked about it. All right. Well, I won't give it any more time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what What have you seen? Um, so I have watched all of the Lord of the Rings now. Oh wow, okay. So it was just one last time, but now you've watched yeah. three. So okay, what are your thoughts on the franchise then? Um, I actually really like it. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, there's uh, one thing, one thing that like I think you'll know that I like love about when I'm watching TV and film is like a couple things. So like it's oh shit moments, and then there's moments that like get you hype. So like for example when um captain america's avengers assemble i'm like let's fucking go like, i'll run for a brick wall right now like yeah and there's both in lord of the rings uh, in both to in both the second and the third one i'm just like yeah let's fucking let's fuck up some orcs bro <laughs> like, i don't even know what's the fuck going on i'm like yeah <laughs> half the time like it's the thing i think because it's so like one thing i like about it is that like there's so much like lore i think it's one thing like about star wars as well because i don't I won't say I won't call myself like I won't say I love Star Wars, but I think I just love like all the lore around Star Wars more than I actually love the films themselves and like all like history about it and stuff like that. And I think the same thing with similar thing with Lord of the Rings. Like I wouldn't say like I love Lord of the Rings, but I think I just really like everything that goes like the story around it. If that makes any sense, probably doesn't. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just like so, yeah. Like even when you get in the to the like the mid certain section of the film. And you've got the woman, uh, I don't know who's, who, who narrates it, but she's just like, says all like loads of stuff like that's been happening in this land and that land and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, this is really, really cool. And um, yeah, man, I was saying to, I was saying to Ollie uh, yesterday that it's rare that you, I watch a film that's got so many main characters where I'm like, I actually don't, I actually like all of them and I don't actively dislike any of them compared okay. to like, some other films, certain films like for, uh, if I go back to Avengers, for example, like Endgame, I didn't like. I didn't like Professor Hulk. Everyone else was cool. I just didn't like him. Or like I don't like Nebula and Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But in this film, like I think I just like everyone. Everyone like kind of has a purpose to serve. Um, some more so than others. But yeah, everyone just got everyone just got their fair. I think got their fair shine. Um, and like Samwise Gamgee, man, or Gamgee or Gamgee, I don't know how you say it, but he. He, that's my guy, man. He's like the MVP of the hot of the entire trilogy. I, I love Sean Astin or Sean Astin, whatever the hell his name is. I fucking love that guy. He's fun throughout the whole three films. He's the only one I was like, yeah, 
you're sick throughout the whole thing. Because like one thing, one thing I love is like it's like I love a ride or die friend. Like <laughs> in, in in a film, I love like you're going here. Ah, right, cool, I'm going here as well. Like yeah. uh, uh, he, everything about it, I'm just like yeah, you're sick. And there was a bit like near the end of the Return of the King where um, him and Frodo are like going towards I think it's called Mount Doom, whatever it's called. And Frodo kind of like collapses. He's like, I can't go any further. And Sam's like, basically, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you. Fireman carries him up the mountain <laughs> on his shot. I was like, yeah, you're fucking sick. I was like beating my chest in the cinema. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, I fucking love Honestly, I loved it. It was brilliant. Um, okay. So what what you need to buy? So you, you are a man of two very distinct styles of making. There's the teen angst mm. high school setting. Love it. Clicky. That's your bag. Also, yep. you've got the mythological, um, you know, medieval mm. vibes, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, the, the, yeah. So anything with a rich back history that you can delve into, that's also your bag. Basically, you got me down to a teammate. Imagine if there was a high school setting in medieval times with a lot of history. <laughs> wow. Mate, mate, maybe that's what the uh, Lord of the Rings TV show will be about. <laughs> <laughs> like Frodo and Sam at school. And oh, God. Someone's <laughs> posting anonymous cave carvings. It's like, XOXO. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dream, mate. I'm not yeah. I'm there. It. Do it. Someone needs to do that. Um, yeah, okay. So which is the best and which is the worst of the trilogy? Or are they all sort of on a level? So I think... For me, it goes one, three, two. Um, and I'll say that only because I think it's not like one like one of them is like super superior to the other. But like I think I just enjoy the first one the most because it's like the origin, that's how they get the fellowship all comes together. And I think in it works in a similar way to Star Wars, where I think the films work best when the group's all together. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the second one, they're all separated. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't like it as much. And also the second one, there's a hell of a lot of time they spend with the talking trees, or I think they're called Ents. And I'm just like, like this, that whole aspect of it, I was like, this is shit. Like, they could get rid of all of this. It's rubbish. Um, <laughs> but the Battle of Helm's Deep in number two is, like, proper sick. So that kind of, like, raised up a little bit as well. And then the third one, the third one's just, like, it's basically just, like, it's like your endgame, isn't it? It's just, like, a fucking long, long-ass fight. I'm like, yeah, and I'm here for this. Like, and then <laughs> one thing I I actually think is a bit I don't enjoy about the the, the trilogy or the films is that uh, Sa- Sauron or the, the the evil person who they're all fighting. You don't see him like ever. Like I know he's like in the fo- there in the form of like an eye and like the eye of Sauron or whatever. But the fact that he you don't actually physically see him, I I don't like that. I thought at some point in the third film he was going to appear. And they'd actually have to fight him, but even then they still didn't. I, I found that really disappointing, to be honest, because you spend all this time building up a villain, building up a character, and you don't even see him not even once really in the whole mm-hmm. in 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 nine hours of film. <laughs> like I don't see I don't see him once. So yeah, I thought that was a bit a bit rubbish. But yeah, that's that's the only downside I really have of the whole thing. That aside, I I really enjoyed them, and they they're not as long as they feel as well, which is okay, which is good for me, I think. Okay. No way. They're not as long as they feel, or they don't. No, they don't feel as long as they are. Is what I'm yeah. saying. So, yeah, yeah. So, are you gonna go on the Hobbit, or? Yeah, I'm gonna try. Obviously, I I, I kind of did ask uh, 
in the group chat yesterday, Chris said they don't really compare to the Lord of the Rings films at all. I think Ollie kind of pretty much said the exact same thing. Um, but I'm going to give them a go uh, and see what they're saying. Uh, maybe because maybe now that my expectations are kind of like pretty low, maybe I actually enjoy them. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've sort of given me more impetus to want to actually watch them. I have seen. I think I've definitely seen two of them, but I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened. Do you know? I think it helps watching it in the cinema as well because you're kind of like forced to concentrate. Yeah. Because well. I kind of like, I watched the first one. At, I watched the first one for the first time at home. And I was kind of like, eh, I could take it or leave it kind of thing. And I didn't, didn't really love it. And I watched, I think I watched it in parts as well. Whereas like when you're in cinema, like I am literally forced to stare at this screen for three hours and actually taking everything that's happening. I think that really does help, especially when the film, the films are this long as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, it helps with like, the epicness of it, especially I think the first one, I think the score of the first one is my favourite of the three. I think sometimes the, the, the moments where you're supposed to get hyped like it does really well like hearing it in a theater and like the fucking the music just blaring into my ears I'm like yeah this is sick <laughs> yeah okay good well that's uh from the archive i guess we'll put it in that yeah. under that banner cool isn't uh, that <laughs> i know i just sometimes forget sometimes we talk <laughs> about like an old film and i'm like oh, i should have just mentioned those words but um so talking of uh long ensembles Oh yeah. Um, Army <laughs> of the Dead. <laughs> Even your your energy right now, I can just tell. <laughs> no, I think I think at nine hours long, it's Zack Schneider's shortest film. Okay. Um, no, it's two hours thirty. Two hours thirty-two, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So Zack Schneider just doesn't make short films, essentially, does he? Really. Um, but hey ho, that's his thing. Uh, so this is a zombie heist film um, where a zombie outbreak happens in Las Vegas and ends up being contained um, by essentially shipping containers. So they basically did a Berlin Wall around uh, Las Vegas and there's a breed of zombies, I think they're called alphas, who are just a little bit more you know, clued up. They're a bit faster, a bit smarter. They're not just these brainless, like, foot-dragging zombies that you see. I mean, there are a lot of those, but these are a bit superior. Um, And the basic plot is that some rich tycoon is like, hey, there's $200 million in a vault uh, under this casino. Um, If you gather a team and get it, and we'll give you $50 uh, of the cut, and you can divvy up that however you want. And Dave Batista is the main ringleader. Um, and he's oh, can I quickly sto- say, sorry again, um, just before I forget, the proportions of how they divvy up the 50, the 50 million is <laughs> fucking mad, by the way. I know. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, you want to earn 10 grand? I was like, what? Bro, like, yeah, we get 50 million, you get 100,000. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue what you said. So his, his character's called Scott, and he's got a daughter uh, called Kate who works volunteers basically at the border of the container you know buffer zone helping refugees and and stuff like that um or people displaced by it uh but they have a fractured relationship because it's hollywood and um yeah so there's other people he's he's got like a yeah they've just got like a, a kind of ragtag group of people there's um 
guy, a German kind of safe cracker. There's a Murray Hardwick plays a guy who basically just kills people um, and was like ex-military. And then um, there's uh, the, fly, the helicopter pilot who's the comedic relief, essentially. Um, yeah, just a group of characters that you don't ever really get to know or particularly like. Um, and then they go in and they all die. Yeah, they all die for some skullduggery, but there's not an awful lot of conflict either. Like, this film is two hours and 30 minutes long. And by the end of it, I was like, I don't know. I don't remember any of the characters' names. I don't Mm. care about any of them. Mm. Um, You know, there was probably too many. There was two female characters who get killed off. And, I mean, one of them is basically the first to die. And the other one... uh, reveals her love to Dave Bautista's character. Oh, what a load of nonsense. And you're like, okay, I could sort of see where you're going to go with that, but then you don't really convince me that they ever, ever romantically, you know, attracted to each other. And then she just dies. And you're like, but oh, okay. That thing, that, like you say, that thing is so dumb because, like, she dies right after they kind of, you think, oh, there might be hope for this relationship. But the thing is, you had no inkling whatsoever that these two were ever romantically involved so you don't care about about it you don't care about the those two potentially getting back together because you never knew they were together in the first place and then you kill her straight after and i think yeah. like had you known that these two were like serious or together kind of thing it, we just, then when she dies right after they rekindled then you would have felt something but it, to me it's just another person who, who on the trip who happened to die <laughs> like yeah. it didn't didn't mean anything to me whatsoever and that's the whole the problem in the main with this film like the only connection they try to establish is between um batista and uh, his daughter yeah everyone, everyone else can go to hell <laughs> which even that you're like you know you, you don't ever really understand why she doesn't like him that much um yeah and when they explain it you're sort of like oh okay well I'm not convinced but yeah. hey ho um i mean yeah, I, I just think they wasted a lot of characters in this. You had Theo Rossi who played like the security guard who was a bit, you know, you could tell he was a cliche bad guy who was like harassing women and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, played Shades on um, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And they use, so they use him as bait to, you know, the alphas then come and take him and they're like, okay, you can have passage sort of thing, like a trade. And he's like, I'm going to get bitten and then they bite him and he turns into one of them mm. and then the next time you see him which is about an hour and a half later he dies yeah he gets shot in the head and you're like why did you set that up you you made a point of saying that if an alpha bites you you will then turn into an alpha and so i was thinking he's gonna go on some like crazy revenge mission and try and like kill as many of them as he can because they led him to be bitten and then he turns up gets shot in the head straight away and you're Mm. like well that was complete waste of time Mm. that there's so many things in this film that i'm like that's interesting but you don't expand on it so the the queen alpha ends up being beheaded but she was pregnant and with like a little zombie baby that doesn't go any further um you've also got what i don't know if you in the casino shootout bit there are some of the zombies who, when they get shot in the face... They're, they're kind of like cyborgs. They're a robot. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Did I see that right? 
And I was literally yeah. afterwards, I was Googling, like, Robot Zombie Army of the Dead. And it was like, oh, yeah, that'll be explained in the animated sequel or prequel. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't include those things in a two and a half hour long film. And I have to watch an animation yeah. to explain it. Like, this guy just can't do efficient storytelling. Mm. You come out of a two and a half hour long film knowing none of the characters' names, caring for none of them, and some of the plot points he introduces, which are interesting, are never expanded on. You just think, what? I mean, um, Amari Hardwick's character had that huge chainsaw thing that he uses in the opening montage, and I don't think he uses it again. No. And you're like, that weapon is sick. And you're like mowing down all the zombies and you just use a pistol. And I was just like, why did you... Again, that's a really cool um, piece of weaponry. Like, mm. quite unique. Um, and you don't really utilise it. So, mm. I don't know. I just felt like it was a bit of... It had potential, but it was a bit of a waste. And, I mean, some of the deaths were, you know, the goriness was fine and interesting. Mm. But other than that, I was it was very meh, in my mm. opinion. What did you think? I'm in almost complete agreement with you, to be fair. I think the film's a complete waste of time. Um, <laughs> it's a complete waste of time. Like, I watched the first hour and a half, or hour and 40 minutes or so, like, the day it came out. And it took me until, like, three weeks later to watch the rest of it, because I just <laughs> did not care. It, the first hour and a half, apart from the one fight scene when the first girl dies, that is really good. And, like, the opening credits is really good. Everything in between is fucking boring. Like, it's... Oh, my God. You can't... You can't make a film, a zombie film, which we... Which I feel like we've gotten so many of over the past, like, 15 years or so. You can't make a zombie film that is two and a half hours long and it doesn't do anything new. Mm. It doesn't do anything innovative. It doesn't do... Like, or maybe a zombie tiger. Ooh, okay. Sweet. Like, apart from that, like, everything about it, I was like, I've seen this before. Like, the tropes of the story, like, the the strange daughter, I've seen this before. Yeah. Like, it, it, oh, God, it doesn't cover... This film doesn't cover any new ground whatsoever. And you have the cheek for it to be two and a half hours long. And like you say, like, it doesn't develop any of the characters. Like, at all. Like, and, I'm, and I was watching it, and I was... And, like, I got to the end. And I was like, to be fair, the last 45 minutes is, is, is interesting, only in the fact that it's just they're basically just trying to get out and just shooting all the zombies cool whatever but i'm watching the last 45 minutes and i'm just like you could have just taken out 45 minutes of the first hour and a half and yeah. then just replaced it with this and you would have got the exact same film like yeah. i have no desire absolutely i know they set it up as like a cliffhanger like um with amari hardest character but i have no desire to watch a sequel and, like, I have no desire to watch a prequel. Because, like you say, they don't do enough to to entice you to want to know more about the things that they, they tried to plant in there. Because they do so little of it. You see one person, one robot's head uh, is... is uh, one Sorry, one zombie's head is a robot. And then that's it. You don't hear anything else about it. You don't hear any, any hint of... Any, no hint of conspiracy. No hint of anything okay. like that. Okay. I think, which I think is fucking stupid. And then yeah. you've got like um, this is just a, a by the by the by point, but I'm sure correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure they said they were gonna they, they said they were gonna nuke Las, Las Vegas. Yeah. Did they say that or did they say just bomb it. 
Uh, I think they said like small tactical nuke type thing, yeah. But I'm saying if you're nuking somewhere, yeah. I don't know how Amari Horowitz's character survives, for one. Because he was and in also, the safe, wasn't he? I mean, I get it, but even so, like, and also with him, and also the people who were just on the other side of yeah. the, I don't know what you call them, the, uh, the containers. Containers, that's the one. Like, if it's a nuclear something, all everyone in like a twenty mile radius is dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like, but that just annoyed me because Indiana Jones survived a nuclear blast in a fridge. Well, so yeah, fair enough, uh, I guess. It, but it, I mean, it, yeah. So like the Omari Hardwick, I guess in quote marks twist where you find out he's on a plane and he's been bitten and like that was as soon as he came out I was like and he got on that plane I was like he's been bitten yeah and do I care enough to watch where you know he maybe he spreads it in another city no not at all and you know, is, the, I, like sorry just to interrupt you yeah if I was just to say a thing if I was the air stewardess yeah and she felt him she's like oh yeah you look ill you're really cold oh, and he'd be like oh yeah she's to lie down all right cool go lie down I, I'm going straight to the big cockpit and say, yeah, tell the, tell the fucking, I don't know who you call, tell the La Policia to come to the airport. <laughs> as soon as we touch down, shoot this guy in the fucking head because this yeah. guy is 100% going to be a zombie. Like, yeah. what the hell? And then that is after me. No outbreak. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so like, so, so you're talking about the cyborg thing. Like, I genuinely wasn't sure I saw that. Yeah. Because... It just, to me, it was in the, so far in the background. So there will be people who have missed that. And they will, might watch the prequel and it'll be like, oh, yeah, this is the cyborg zombie. And they'll be like, what? Where was that? And also, again, talking about, like, the alphas and stuff. And, you know, one of them's pregnant. And they got all their sort of stuff. But they just got nuked. So you're not going to see them again, are you? So why why even have that? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know. Like, Zack Snyder is not endearing me to his way of filmmaking. Um, I don't. Know, I, it's, I just, oh yeah, this film is not good. It's just not good. And he can't even be like, oh, it was the studio. No, there is a supporting documentary to this which yeah. I watched, and he's like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's only like half an hour. Yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, Netflix allow me to do whatever I want. So this is your Snyder cut, mate. Mm. Mm. Smelly. Um. So yeah, I uh, not great. It's just so boring. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so boring. Like, oh god, I just you know, fuck it. I can't bother to talk about it anymore. It's so fucking yeah. boring. No, no, no. I I agree. So, what would you give it as a score out of ten? Five. Yeah. I'm being generous. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's fair. Give me World War Z two. Oh, that's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd watch that. I think, I think zombie films are so played out. I think it's like, same thing we said about like Jupiter's legacy like uh, a few weeks ago. Like, and we get to the point now where you've had so much of a particular genre. If you're going to bring it to me now, you've got to bring me something different. Like, yeah. got to bring me something, something that's going to think, oh, they've revamped the, 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 uh, the zombie flipping uh, genre. And I think if, if people believe Zack Snyder to be that sort of director, that sort of filmmaker, like a revolutionary, a lot of people believe that he is that of that ilk so i'm expecting well not really expecting but like if you saw some of the way some people are talking about this film you would think it was like the flipping godfather of yeah of zombie films and it and it's just not that i mean <laughs> i sort of like i know you don't want to talk about it much more but the fact that you've got this like cast of characters 
and there is very little conflict between them. At no point does person A go, oh, so I, how, where are you going to spend your 500 grand? And I was like, waiting for that. Yeah, it never and came. they're like, what? I'm being offered 150. And it, yeah. you know, no point there was any of that. <laughs> yeah. Which begs the question, why even put that in, in it, it? Why even put that people saying how much they're going to receive in the film if there's not going to be any conflict uh, about yeah. it afterwards? It's pointless. I, mean, I was trying to think back and I was like, I'm pretty sure every character has one two minute long scene where they you know it's like oh okay i'm doing you know i'm doing this for my blah 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 and i'm like okay so you times that by the 10 people in it that's 20 minutes i struggle to find what fills the whole time Mm. but hey ho we've yeah we've done more than enough uh reviewing on army of the dead yeah. more than it deserved but that um, is that so far that's my biggest disappointment of the year so far in terms of like why i expected to what i got were you hyped for it then i wouldn't say i was hyped but i just expected it to be a good film <laughs> and it just wasn't good it wasn't even good <laughs> like it wasn't even it's like it's below average in my opinion like i don't know i was so disappointed man mm. I think the because I like really like the Snyder cut, so obviously that got me into thinking, oh yeah, Zack Snyder's the guy now. And then I watch this, I'm like, okay, no, he's not the guy. Yeah, you should have known when that film was four hours long. <laughs> yeah, that this guy is uh, not able to do anything, no half measures. Yeah. Um, what what else have you been watching? Do you want to? What else do you want to discuss? Um, what else have I been watching? That is a. Do you know one thing I actually just want to mention? Um, just funnily enough, uh. It's uh, Pride Month. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's Pride Month, right? Okay. Yep. Um, and um, I was watching a show on Disney Plus called Big Shot, um, and it's just about it's just about basically about a girls' basketball team. Um, you ever seen Friday, Friday Night Lights? It's kind of like a PG version of that. Um, and there was a lesbian kiss on it um, at the end of the latest episode, and I was thinking, and I tweeted it as well. I was like, I feel like this is the first time I've seen like a homosexual kiss on a Disney show before. Um, and I don't know. It just felt like it was like a... Because I think we were talking about um, when they put Love, Victor on Star. I think mm. we were t- we were saying kind of like, why did they put it on Star? Why isn't it just on Disney Plus? Kind yeah. Of thing. And I think we were kind of like, oh, it might be because, and probably is because it involves like, you know, gay people and stuff like that. And like, um, uh, like two men kissing and whatnot, whatnot. And like I feel, I feel like it was like a a thing. And I also, I also did hear actually that they that they might have removed a uh, a gay kiss from High School Musical, the musical, the series, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, okay. I'm not sure how how reliable that is, but that's what someone tweeted, so I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, no, it just felt like a big thing to me because I don't think it's not something that I've seen on, on the Disney Channel before, and I feel like I don't know. Hopefully, that kind of like paved the way for them to kind of put out similar content to this um which i imagine could probably be beneficial to quite a lot of people who you know who are homosexual or you know uh, coming out the closet or i think because the scene in in particular was about a girl who was um afraid to uh say how, say that she liked another girl basically okay um, i think she's openly uh the girl's openly gay but she just was afraid to show this tell this girl how she felt and I think that things like that could really help, like a younger generation, be like, oh, that kind of like gather up the courage to kind of um, show people who they are 
kind of thing. Yeah. If that makes, if that makes any mean, sense. Representation obviously is is so important. You know. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean, that it's it's great that those shows are, are now being shown on platforms where you don't have to prove that you're over eighteen or have a yeah. pin code. You know, just just for potentially that reason. I mean, you still get in a lot of countries where. So there's a, a very, very brief lesbian kiss in Rise of Skywalker. I'm pretty, oh, yeah. pretty sure that scene was cut from like some of the foreign distributions because they were like, we can't have this. Yeah, um, it, was, it was, I'm almost saying it was cut in China. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. other, like, yeah, other countries as well. And you just think, mm, like, you know, from one, one point, Disney are like, you know, maybe they want to have more representation of different sexualities and identities which is great mm. but then mm. also there is bound to be someone in a boardroom going oh, can't release this film in this country that's yeah. x amount of our market that we're not going to get and they should never have you know that is an awful thing that they have to consider and will make decisions based purely on profit but unfortunately that's what what um drives them but i think mm. you know again like cruella had the character of art um who was oh, yeah you know, a clearly, well, I say clearly, who was a, I presume, a gay character, mm. um, which again, you know, is, is quite, there's not like a huge deal made out of it, which again is in a way good, I think, because it's sort of like, he's just, what, he's a person who owns a shop in London and he met Cruella, like, that mm. is what it is, like, and he happens to you know identify this way great it's not you know i think that's also a good thing it's like it's these characters are just part of the part of the the fabric of, of the setting do you know what i mean if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah, but, yeah so it's like if you walked into a school and you know there was people who were from african descent asian descent latin descent and it, they just are because that is what the makeup of the school is that, that's yeah. great as well as obviously you need narratives that focus on those um, kind of diaspora, is that the right word? But um, mm. but it's also good that they can just be there and it's and mm. it's like this character is looks this way, dresses this way, and there's, we're not questioning it. That's also great, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good good point. Um, have you continued watching Love, Victor? Yeah, no, I finished the first season. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a, I think it's a really good show. But then I really like the film as well. Um, mm. So yeah, no, I, I I like it. It's, it's like it's got the got the teen angst. You know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. My bread. That's my bread and butter. Um, I think season two comes out. I want to say this either this month or next month. Okay. See, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the story goes. I mean, you're not gonna watch it, so I'll just tell you. Basically, at the end of season one, he comes out to his parents. Um, Victor dies. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see how that story uh, continues over okay. season two. Yeah, and there's some good actors in in that show as well. I think a lot of the times when I watch shows like this, uh, they are let down by inexperienced actors and like just think people who I think I feel like young actors especially tend to overact quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's not that much of that in this. I think everyone's quite subtle. And although I'm not a teenager anymore and haven't been for a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like the way uh, the 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 actors are acting um, is more is more realistic than some of 
than some of the ones I've seen, even in certain shows like 30 Reasons Why. Sometimes catches that I'm just like, there's people just wouldn't act like this in real life. Um, and I feel like this show is quite realistic um, to what I would expect or hope that schools are like now. <laughs> maybe yeah. compared to maybe when we grew up. Grew up. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> cool. I mean, I do need to watch more stuff on Disney Plus and Star because it's essentially I've not watched it since the uh, Falcon and Soldier finished. <laughs> yeah, I think just just put something on. Just try something because you might end up i know what you mean because there's not a lot of stuff there that appeals to me apart from like the few things i'm, I'm not sure maybe um take away the i put maybe th- take away the marvel stuff and watch maybe three shows that i actually watch and watch week to week um okay what and, are they love victor so love victor uh uh mighty ducks uh, the sh- the tv show and big shot um what's big which, shot uh, Big Shot's just so that's just the one I was talking about a minute ago, the basketball one. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then oh, and I watch uh, I'm watching Star Wars as well, the the Bad Batch, the cartoon. Um, Are you keeping up with that? Do you have any idea what's going on? I do, I do know what's going on, and it's an interesting time. Um, it's an interesting period that, they, that they've that they've picked over. So it's basically, excuse me, sorry, it's basically um the period where Order sixty six was um. Put, put into action basically mm-hmm. um so just like when the clones decided to go to go nuts and start killing all the jedi uh they basically just following a, a certain group of clones and their like journey across the galaxy with a certain uh person or asset some would say um and yeah i think six five or six episodes in and i am enjoying it um i think the first like three episodes are, are bet have been better than the last three episodes i think we've kind of like hit a lull now similar to, not that it's bad i'm still enjoying it but it's kind of like similar to the mandalorian in that um it's kind of like an episodic where let's go to this planet and we're going to do this thing for this person and then we're going to move on to the next planet and do this thing uh, for this person okay. so uh, i'm kind of waiting to see to get for them to show me where this story might be going mm. yeah and i think that, i think i want to say this is it's like 15 episodes long and i think we're on episode six now so i reckon Sometime soon, we're going to start seeing like the vision. I hope, anyway. Um, and I'm unclear whether or not this is going to be like a one season thing, or if it's going to be like multiple, multiple seasons. But yeah, it's a decent show. I'm enjoying it. And what's on the watch list for the upcoming? Um, what cin- cinema stuff or? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously Loki, but what anything coming out soon in the cinema that you're like, yeah, I'm gonna watch that. So uh, nobody, I want to watch that. Uh, the Bob Odenkirk one. I think I'm gonna give that a try. Um, I really want to watch um, In the Heights. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that, the musical. Oh my god, that trailer was so long. I was bare long. <laughs> I was literally, I was like, am I watching the right film? It was, it, it was like the whole musical long. number. It was about nine. It was like yeah. five minutes long. It was like it was a whole song, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bare long. I was like, raw. Um, but the, I think it, uh, it's made by the same person who did like did Hamilton. I think. Yeah. Um, and like you can tell. I've, well, I've only watched like an hour of the they've got like the Hamilton they've got Hamilton on Disney Plus like a uh, and I've only watched an hour of it but like the musical style I really enjoy and it's the same um, in this kind of like it's kind of like a hip hoppy sort of musical kind of thing so I'm like yeah, this is like this is good and also I think it's like um, it's got I think it's like Latin American 
um, like uh, primarily Latin American cast, I think. So it's, I think it's good to see them have getting some like representation, especially in like a musical, which I feel like they, I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen like a, a musical star in a Latin Latin Latin, Latin American people. So that's that'll be interesting to watch. I'm really looking forward to that because I haven't seen a good musical in a while since probably since The Greatest Showman. Um, so yeah, and then apart from that. Uh, is there anything else coming out? I don't know. I don't. I can't think of anything else that's coming out. So yeah, what about you? What do you, what do you reckon? Basically the, the same. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will watch In the Heights. I think Lauren wants to see it because she yeah. really enjoyed it. Looks long as shit. Though. I think it's like over two hours, two and a half. Yeah, it's, it's it's uh one forty three minutes. So yeah, twenty five. That's, that's long. Then, for, musicals long are always very long anyway. Yeah, so. true, 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 true. I think Hamilton was. Yeah, Hamilton was bare long. Hamilton's like two hours forty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I will, I will watch that. It's not really my sort of bag, but I will watch it just so that we can review it. And then hopefully after that, then you've got the Fast and Furious and we're not too far away from Black Widow, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. That Fast and Furious film's going to be... I think it's going to be so bad, but I'm going to enjoy it because it's, cause it's shit. If I yeah, really exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Chris, Chris is going to hate that film. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't think too much about it, can you? Yeah. You're just like, it is. it literally is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, and thanks, Obi, for you know taking time out from your fame to uh, you That's know right, continue yeah. chatting. Um, my agents will yeah. be in contact to discuss payment. So. My people talk to your people. I don't have any people. But um, yeah, so <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at YSC Podcast Seventeen, and we're on Instagram as you have Twitics. Uh, please do check us out. We've got all our previous episodes on Apple and Spotify. So, yeah, well over 100 episodes on that. Going back a few years. So, yeah, peace. Keep it sexy. Action.